Ivan. Sorry. Okay, the first thing I'm going to show you, these are actually facts, okay? History. Now, in July 1977, lightning struck New York City. The whole place was blacked out. Now, before that year, in that year, actually, there was a financial crisis in New York City. And one man who was in charge of flipping the switches actually flipped the switch in a wrong order. Okay? His job, just to flip the switch, three switches, flip it in a particular order. That means one, two, three, or one, two, three, two, I'm not so sure. He was just supposed to do that. But because he flipped the switch in the wrong order, electricity did not come on. And because electricity did not come on, there was a riot in 1977 in New York City. Okay? So the whole place, everybody just burned everything, churi, whatever they want to churi, everything was destroyed. Just because one guy misflipped the switch. Tiny mistake, big impact. Okay? Now the next one. A single word wrongly translated may, because this is not um, guaranteed, may have prompted the bombing of Hiroshima. Okay? Now, um, when, um, when, the, when the Allied armies sent a letter to the Japanese, they told the Japanese, please surrender. So the Japanese sent another letter back, and when it was translated, it may have been wrongly translated. This word here, mokusatsu, um, has two meanings. Okay? Mokusatsu in Japanese has two meanings, and one meaning is that... Uh, Take a note of the message and we'll think about it. Okay? That's the first meaning. The second meaning is to contemporarily ignore. That means forget about it. I don't even care what you say. Now, Truman, President Truman at that time, thought that the Japanese were saying, I'm going to ignore you. Ten days later, Hiroshima was bombed. Okay? One word translated wrongly and the whole city was bombed. Right? When in actual fact, Moka Sutsu actually could have meant, I noted on your message and I will think about it. Which, if the guy translated correctly, he said, Oh, okay, fine, we wait. But he translated wrongly. Forget it, I don't care what you say. You know? Now, the third one is late cool delivery. Now, how many of you have the habit of being late? Okay. Now, this could be a lesson for you, okay? Although there are many reasons, but um, this website, on the internet actually pasted that this could have been the reason of that actually, what actually happened. Now, in 1917, a Norwegian ship called the SS Imo was actually waiting for the coal to be delivered to the ship. Tapi, the coal datang lambat, that means it came late, two days late. So the ship was in that uh, port, I think it's, um, where's the name of the port? Halifax Harbour. It was in Halifax Harbour for two days, waiting for the coal to come. By the time the coal finally came, delivered into the ship, and the ship was ready to jalan out. There was another ship. Um, the name of the ship was Mont Blanc. And it was coming in. Now, that ship that was coming in, this ship was coming out, the canal was very small. So both ships could not go through. And so they said, okay, fine, we recalculate and we come. They recalculated and boom. You know what was Mont Blanc carrying? detonators, that means bomb. The whole place got blown up because somehow, somewhere, there was a late delivery of coal. The whole place all blown up. This is actually in Norwegian city. This is actually Nova Scotia, Canada. Okay? The whole place got blown up. 
because of miscalculation, because somebody came late. So the next time, if you are in a habit of being habitually late, don't think your mistake will have your lateness will have no effect. Okay? Now, you know, we all think the little mistakes we do, okay? But we never know when these little mistakes will actually have a great impact. Okay? Wise and old parents they'll say, Namela, I don't go for church activity every time, it's okay. I don't really matter anyway. Okay? Sometimes people who are married, they say, yeah, got issue, just keep quiet, lah, not to say anything. But don't know in the hub, boom, 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 let's not explode, right? Or sometimes when we have a responsibility, whether at school or whether at work or even in church, they said, Namana, voluntary only ma, no way to do, it's okay. But we never realize whether it may have an impact on another person's life. Okay? Or even when kids, when children are playing, I step on your foot, I don't offend you anymore. You know, when kids do that, we say, Namana, it's okay, they're just playing. But we never know that when they do these kind of games, when they grow up, what they will be. Okay? Now, today's lesson, today's sharing is actually very simple. I timed it less than 30 minutes and I hope I can keep to that. Okay? It's basically three characters in the Bible. Eve, Cain, and Ham. Okay? Three characters in the Bible. The little mistakes that they make and how it impacted the whole earth. Okay? And I hope that as you listen to it, you realize that you matter. Every one of you matter. The fact that you are here on this Sabbath morning gives me the assurance that the right decision was made. Every one of you actually matters because in our mind we were thinking we should just close church, we should just close church. But the fact that some of you friends who haven't met for 20 years and you're here on Sabbath morning, it tells me that the church has to be open and every one of you here matter, right? You matter. That's why this church is here. Okay, so the first lesson that we're going to take a look at is in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. Okay, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. This is actually Eve, the first person that we're going to study, Eve. Okay, Genesis 2, 15 to 17. Okay, verse 15 it reads, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. Verse 16, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge and of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day thou shalt eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. You know, for many years as a kid, I was saying this God is unfair. Unfair, unfair, unfair. Yes, I know everybody was perfect that time. Even if Eve received secondhand information through Adam, it would have still been a correct information. But I still feel unfair, what? Small mistake, then you punish the whole world like that. I was thinking like that. But you know what I discovered? I discovered that our first parents were not left without a warning of the danger that threatened them. Okay? That means not just Adam, Eve as well. Heavenly messages opened to them the history of Satan's fall and his plots for their destruction. Not just Adam, Eve, together, sama-sama, they listened to the instructions. And unfolding more fully the nature of the divine government, which the prince of evil was trying to overthrow. Okay? It says that it was by disobedience to the just commands of God that Satan and his host had fallen. And the last part, how important then that Adam and Eve should honour the law by which alone it was possible for order and equity to be maintained. 
You know, our first parents, they knew what was going on. That means they knew that certain things they do, it will have an impact in life. And in fact, God in His mercy gave them another promise. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Okay? He gave them one command, but at the command, He gave them another promise. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Therefore, shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. You know, in this instruction, I actually see the principle of Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 and 10. Okay? You can leave your finger at Genesis because we're going to come back there. But turn with me to Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 and 10. Okay? Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 and 10. Okay? Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 and 10. Got it? Okay. It reads, verse 9, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Verse 10, I'm not going to read the whole of verse 10. Huh? I just want the first part only. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. Okay? That means it says that when God gave the command for Adam and Eve to not eat of that fruit, He also gave them a promise. You two, you want to keep this command, you stick together. Okay? That's why he said, and Adam shall leave the mother and father. Of course, there's no mother and father, but basically he means cleave to the wife. The two of them are supposed to stick together. And when they stick together, they could have safeguarded themselves from making sure that they don't get tempted by the devil. Because they already know, ma, the, the angels and God actually talked to Adam and Eve personally. This is what the devil is going to do. And so the two of you must stick together. Okay? Now, Eve did a little mistake. Her little mistake was that instead of sticking with Adam, she distanced herself from Adam. And the moment she made the decision to distance herself from Adam, that is where the fall started. Little action, you know, distance, one distance. Okay? Next time when you get married, I'll make sure you walk together. Husband and wife must walk together. Don't walk one in front, one in the back. Okay? Now, Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. We take a look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. Okay? Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Okay. Now here is the second part. Adam understood. Okay. If when she was deceived, she was deceived. Lah. But her mistake was that she walked, she was distanced herself from Adam. Okay? But Adam understood that his companion had transgressed the command of God. That means Adam knows. Okay? And disregarded the only prohibition laid upon them as a test to their fidelity and love. He mourned. Adam mourned. He regret. Kesal. Yo, why lah? Okay? That he had permitted Eve to wander from his side. But now that the deed was done, he must be separated from her whose society had been his joy. Adam enjoyed the companionship of God and the heavenly angels. Don't be mistaken, okay? He enjoyed. He looked upon the glory of the Creator. He understood the high destiny open to the human race should they remain faithful with God. Adam knew he was conscious, but yet all these blessings were lost sight of. That means he said, I know what I'm supposed to get, but he put that aside. And he said in his mind, while there was love, gratitude, loyalty to the Creator, 
all was overborne in his love for Eve. That means, in simple words, Adam knows the mistake that he's going to make. Adam also knows what God is doing and can do for him. But because he loved the wife so much, he said, I choose my wife first. Love is blind. Lesson from the Bible. Okay? It says here, she was a part of himself and he could not endure the thought of separation. Now, Eve made the mistake by walking away from Adam. Adam made the mistake by letting Eve walk away from her. Okay? Next time, when you're married already, if your husband says, I want to go work somewhere else, I don't want to go with you, the answer is, no, tak boleh, cannot. You must stick together. If your wife says, I want to work far, far away, I don't work with you, the answer is, no, cannot, must stick together. Okay? Remember, huh? so don't make mistakes. Okay? But here, after Adam made the mistake, after Eve made the mistake, Adam made a second mistake. His mistake was, Eve was there, God is here. Where did Adam go? Eve was there, God was here. Where did Adam go? Adam went to the wife. And then the distance between him and God went even further. Okay? That was the second mistake. Now, you see, Adam knew what he was doing. And yet, he said, I will still make this, this, this choice to distance myself from God. Okay? Now, after the transgression, Adam imagined himself going to enter into a higher state of existence. But as soon as the thought of sin filled him with terror, the air which he was breathing, just now very normal temperature, now suddenly become very cold. Okay? And the guilty pair knew, Ayah, we have done something wrong already. Okay? Hold on, huh? They now began to see the true character of sin. Adam reproached his companion. You see, just now, I love you, I love you, I want to stay close to you. Now he reproached his companion. He said, you lah, who asked you, go and walk far away from me. And why did you get deceived by the serpent? But then the both of them were thinking to themselves, never mind, never mind. God is love. He's not going to punish us. Okay? But even at this point, their thought was, little sin only ma. God is not going to make a whole big punishment for us. Turn to Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 to 10. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 to 10. Okay? Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. And they heard the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Verse 9. And, Lord, and the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Verse 10. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. You know, Adam and Eve were expecting small mistake. No big deal. But the lawgiver was about to make known to Adam and Eve the consequences of their transgression. The divine presence was manifested in the garden. And in their innocence and holiness, they had joyfully welcomed the approach of the Creator. But now, Adam and Eve fled in terror and sought to hid themselves in the deepest recesses of the garden. You know, Eve's fall started when she distanced herself from Adam. Adam's fall started when he distanced himself from God. And after both had fallen, they could not help but both distancing themselves from God. You know, every single little action that you make, whether it's big or small, 
actually adds to the distance between you and God. Make sense? Okay. Now, say for example, you can choose to watch another episode of Korean drama, okay? Or choose to read another chapter of your difficult textbook, or choose to send another email for your work. And because of that, you become very tired. Okay? And when you become very tired, when it's time to read your Bible in the evening, you Okay? Your little action has just made a bigger distance between you and God. Little decision, but it widens the gap. Okay? Now, though it's a small thing, Adam and Eve's choice to distance themselves from God by their disobedient action opened the floodgates of the world for the whole world. Small things, small decision. Eat food only, ma. Distance themselves from God only, ma. But that's how sin came in. My question this morning is, what little thing have we done this week to distance ourselves from God? Eve's little decision was that she chose to distance herself from Adam, from God. What did we do this week that make us distant from God? Okay? So point number one, if little decision, little distance. Okay? If little decision, little distance. Now let's go to point number two. Point number two is Cain. Okay? Cain is whose son? Adam and Eve, right? Adam and Eve's firstborn son. Okay? We go to Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 to 5. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 to 5. And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Okay, verse 2. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Okay, Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought the fruits of the ground, an offering unto the Lord. And verse 4. And Abel he also brought of the first things of his flock, and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering. And then verse 5, But unto Cain and his offering he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Now, with perfect memory, okay? With perfect memory, I imagine that Adam and Eve would have shared with Cain and Abel what was the story of redemption, what happened in the Garden of Eden. Kan? Perfect memory, ma, right? So, while they were growing up, they would surely go to the Garden of Eden, the entrance there, and see the angel there holding the sword so that nobody comes into the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve, perfect memory, perfect communication, would have been able to explain this perfectly well to Cain and Abel. Okay? So they would have understood everything that was going on, the issues that were at play. Okay? And you know what? It actually goes on to say, the brothers understood the system of offering. Both of them, not just Abel, but Cain and Abel understood the system of offering which God had ordained. They knew that in these offerings, they were to express faith in the Savior whom the offerings typified. Okay? And at the same time, to acknowledge their total dependence on Him for pardon. And they knew that by thus conforming to the divine plan for their redemption, they were giving proof of their obedience to God. Meaning they did not have any excuse. Cain and Abel, both raised in the same family, both know whatever decisions they make will have an impact on life. 
they both know what was required of them, that when they give that sacrificial offering, it was to signify that they have faith that Jesus will save them from their sins. Without the shedding of blood, there could be no remission of sins. And they were to show their faith in the blood of Christ as the promised atonement by offering the firstlings of the flock in sacrifice. Now here's the part that I found new. Besides this, the first fruit of the earth were to be presented before the Lord as a thank offering. That means, aside from the lamb, the other offering that the children were supposed to give to God was first fruits. Okay? That means the fruits are the vegetables. Alright? They're supposed to bring that as well. So Cain, when he brought his first fruits to the sacrifice, he wasn't doing anything wrong. He wasn't uh, modifying his worship to God. No. He was doing something right. But he made one little neglect. And that little neglect was that he did not recognize that he needed a redeemer. Okay? That means he bring the first fruits, can, boleh, no problem. That means you know that you're thankful to God. Okay? But the main thing that he was supposed to bring was the firstlings of the flock. Yes, he was a farmer, but he can ask from Abel. Ma. You ask for your brother, you think your brother wouldn't give you me, right? So he did not want to ask for this animal. He didn't want to sacrifice this animal because of his sin. Now, sometimes I forget that I'm redeemed, not by my works, but by God. I neglect to remember that my own merits cannot save me. And I think that I'm only when I'm good enough, then I can come to God. You know, if you've ever thought that only when you're good enough, then you can come to church. If you ever thought that only when you're good enough, then you can join prayer meeting. I've got something to tell you. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Luke chapter 19 verse 10 is a promise for every one of us. And it says, Luke chapter 19 verse 10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and save that which was lost. No matter what your past has been, it doesn't matter. 20 years, you haven't come to church? It doesn't matter. 10 days, you haven't come to church? It doesn't matter. Because Luke chapter 19 verse 10 says that Jesus Christ came to save that which was lost. If we are not lost, then Jesus no point. It is because that we are lost. That's why Jesus came to save us. It is only through the merits of Jesus that our transgressions can be pardoned. Those who feel no need for the blood of Jesus Christ, who feel that without divine grace they can bear their own works and secure approval from God, are making the same mistake that Cain did. Now, what did Cain do? Cain's decision was to have a little neglect. Okay? A little neglect to recognize that he needed a savior. And what was the effect? Go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 6, verse 4 to 7. Okay? Genesis chapter 6, verse 4 to 7. Genesis chapter 6, verse 4. And the, there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, and the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. Verse 5, And God saw the wickedness of men was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Verse 6, And it repented the Lord that he had made men on the earth. 
and it grieved his heart. And verse 7, And the Lord said, I will destroy men whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping, and the creeping thing and the falls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. You know, Cain's decision to have a little neglect for his need of Christ created a whole race of human beings, the children of men who did not know God. Though the actions of his seeds um, put on this earth a wicked group of people. And because of that, God said, I'm going to destroy the whole earth. No, we are sinful human beings. Okay? No difference. Just because I'm here, it doesn't mean I'm not sinful. Maybe I'm worse than you, you also don't know. Okay? We are sinful human beings and no matter how disappointed we are with the mistakes that we have done or how overconfident we are because of the good things that we have done, we need Christ. Full stop. Okay? And only when we realize, when we neglect this fact, we miss step number two, which is we neglect to know that we need a Redeemer. And that's where we fall. Okay? So, point number one, if little decision, little distance. Point number two, Cain, little decision, little neglect. He neglected to admit that he needed a Redeemer. The last point, point number three, the story of Ham. Okay? You know who is Ham? Noah's son. Okay? Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Okay? So this is after Cain, he made a decision to ignore and neglect God. And so he created a race that was so wicked that God said, okay, I'm going to destroy the world. So after he destroyed the world, how many people left on the earth? Only eight. Okay? Noah, his wife, Shem, his wife, Ham, his wife, Japheth, his wife. Only eight. Okay? So we're going to go now to Genesis chapter 9, verse 20 to 23. Okay? Genesis chapter 9, 20 to 23. Right? Now in Genesis chapter 9, verse 20, it says, And Noah began to be a husbandman, and he planted a vineyard. And he drank of the wine, and he was drunkard, and he was uncovered within his tent. 22. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without. Okay, we stop at verse 23. And verse 23, Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father and their faces were backward and they saw not their father's nakedness. Now, come back. When Ham saw the father's nakedness, he went to tell his brother. Okay? So when he tell his brother, that was a little disrespect. Okay? Now, why was this a little disrespect such a big issue that if you read the verses later on, you will see that Noah cursed the whole race of Ham and uh, Canaan. Okay? Little disrespect only, ma. Why have to annihilate or why have to curse until so bad? Okay? Now, after all, it's just so small thing. He didn't undress the father, you know. It's just that the father made wine, drank the wine which was fermented, and he got drunk. And the father went to the tent, and he was naked now. So he didn't undress the father. It just so happens that Ham went to the tent, maybe want to get something, and said, oops, daddy's naked, and then he went out. That's it. You know, it's just a small thing. Why such a big hoo-ha? Okay, now let me tell you what I've discovered. This is what I've discovered, not from anywhere, okay? I read it and I was thinking, hmm, how ah? Uh? 
When you preach, you pray. When you pray, you get stressed. When you get stressed, you pray even harder. And when you pray even harder, you learn something. So this is how I actually grow spiritually. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Okay? Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. I was thinking to myself, small thing only, uh, why have to make such a big hoo Then when I read Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, this is what I got. Honour thy father and thy mother, that thy days on earth may be long on the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. This is one of the Ten Commandments. This is commandment number five. Alright? Commandment number five. Now, take a look. When you look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, it says, Honour thy father and thy mother, blah, 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 blah. I just want to pick on the word honour. Do you know what does the word honour mean? Respect to lift up. It actually has two meanings. Okay? The first meaning is actually a bad one. To burden, to lay upon, to make it worse, to make it heavy. That's the negative one. The second meaning is to make glorious. Okay. Now think about it this way. Your father is in the room. He's naked. You turn nampak. Okay. And he's drunk. He's asleep already. When you go out, there's only eight people on the earth. Huh? You don't do anything. You go out of the tent. You go out of the, the room. And you tell your two brothers, how many percent of the population of the earth is that? Two out of eight. How many percent is that? One quarter, 25%. What is that called? When you can spread news to 25% of the whole earth's population, what is that called? In our modern terms. Gossip, yes. I'm looking for another word. Broadcast. You publicize 25% of the whole earth, you know? That's a big thing. What did Ham do? Did he honor his father in doing that? No. He made his father look bad because he told 25% of the earth's population, his two brothers. See, it may be a small thing, but it's actually a big thing. Okay? Now, after that, what did he do? When he said, How do you think he tell the father, oh, Daddy naked? Is that something honorable? No, right? Now, if he were to go to one of the brothers, hey, can you help me? That's naked. Let's go and cover him up. That's a different story. Now, what did uh, Shem and Japheth do? Let me show you the picture. Shem, I had to look far and wide to find this picture. You know what Shem and Japheth did? When the brother came out and told them that, they took a cloth, they put it on their shoulder, they walked backwards, and then covered the father, and then they walk out again. So they never see what's going on. What is that doing? Honoring. When your father and your parents make a mistake, you don't have to tell the whole white world. Okay? Whatever you can do, you honor them and you keep it. Alright? And that is the reason why later on, Noah actually cursed Ham. Now, let me tell you first, it doesn't mean that God predestinated for him to be unsafe. Okay? Let me explain to you. Okay? Now, when Noah seemingly, okay, when Noah seemingly cursed Ham, he was not predestinating the future of that generation. He was merely stating to Ham what would be the result, it's not there yet, sorry, of the course of his life and his generation had severely chosen if they continue to develop in this character. Children inherit the dispositions and tendencies of their parents and imitate the example. Really, really, really. My brother inherits a lot of things that my father does. 
I just saw it last night. I haven't talked to my brother yet, but I just saw it last night. And we all acknowledge, we inherit the tendencies of our parents. It says here, so the sins of the parents are practiced by the children from generation to generation. Now, thus the vileness and irreverence of Ham were reproduced in his posterity, that means in his children, bringing a curse upon them for many generations. Let me show you. Okay? Now, we earlier saw in uh, Patrick's and Prophets, page 117.2, that Ham seemingly had disrespect for Noah. Okay? Now, this, this disrespect for Noah, it's actually a disrespect for God. Okay? Let me... In... Um, Testimonies to the Church, Volume 3, page 232. It says that God cannot prosper, God cannot bless those who go in direct contrary to the law of God. To, uh, and in this case, to the plainest duty specified in His Word, the duty of children to the parents. Okay? That means if children disobey their parents, God cannot bless the children. All right? It says here, if they disrespect and dishonor their earthly parents, they will not have respect and honor for their creator. Right? So, when Ham showed disrespect for Noah, it means that he has got no respect for God. And when he has no respect for God, he will teach his children to do the very same thing. Evidence? Who started the Tower of Babel? Who started the Tower of Babel? Whose children? Ham's children. What was God's command to Noah and his children after the flood? He had one command for them. Be fruitful and multiply. Okay? But Ham said, tamau, tamau. We all want to stay together. We want to make sure that the Tower of Babel is built and we will not get destroyed. Alright? That was what Ham wanted to do. And you can see that his disrespect for his father was shown in his disrespect for God because he do exactly the opposite of what God told him to do. Okay? Now, when Ham's seemingly little disrespect to his father is actually a sign of his opposition to God, my question is, what little disrespect have we done this week towards God? Okay? First point, if little decision, what did she do? Little distance. Second point, Cain Little decision, what did he do? Little neglect. And the last point, Ham. Little decision, what did he do? Little disrespect. Okay? Now, let me go to the closing. Okay? Every time New Year comes, we reset our clock. Betul tak? New Year resolution lah, this lah, that lah, everything want to do very well. Right? And... We make great big plans. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. And then the routine of life sets in after the holiday is over. Okay? We get a little busy every day, we get so tired, and we fail to keep our promises, and we feel ashamed, and we begin to distance ourselves from God. Okay? We also distance ourselves from the people who remind us who God is. And after that distance from God, we begin to neglect the need that we need a Redeemer. He said, I don't really need a redeemer. I don't really need a God. Okay? And with that neglect, we realize that I make promises also like ropes or sand. No need to make any more. Lah. Okay? And when we, the more we neglect our need for a redeemer, we become more like the enemy. You spend less time with God. Ma. 
First, you distance yourself from God. Okay? After you distance yourself from God, you neglect a bit. He's the Redeemer. He's calling me back. Say, the one, the one, the one, the one, the one. You go further and further away. And as you go further and further away, you can't see God anymore. And you can't see God anymore, you start to disrespect Him in a small, small and little things. And while we make all these decisions, not overnight, it takes little, little decisions. Small, small ones, tiny, tiny ones. Okay? You know, the direction of a ship, one inch, one millimeter can make a big difference, a big impact on where the ship ends up. And so the little decisions that you make in life can make a big impact. The fact that you decided to be here in church today may be the start of a transformation of a very good thing. So I praise God for that. Now, while we have big decisions in life to make, small decisions also have an impact in our life. Will I do a little bit more extra studying or working and distance myself from God? Will I neglect to see what God owes me and what I owe God? Sorry, what God has done for me and what I owe God? Or will my little actions show disrespect from God? You know, distance will actually cause us to neglect our need for our Redeemer and cause us to disrespect God. On the opposite, if we abide in God and we keep our eyes on the Redeemer, we will have respect for Him and His love. Okay? So as I close today, I just ask that you remember this, that it's your little decisions that help you to make a big impact. And the very fact that we are still alive is Chinese New Year. We reset. Even though we've made mistakes for the past 25 days, 24 days, Starting today, we reset and we start it again. Okay? Whatever resolutions that you decided to make, I'm going to keep close to God. It doesn't matter what you've done for the past 24 days, whether it work or not. You just make one decision every day. Today, the 25th, I want to be close to God. Don't need to make for the whole year one decision every day. What one thing am I going to do today to help me to abide in God? What one thing am I going to do today to keep my eyes on the Redeemer? What one little thing am I going to do today to respect God? Okay? So as you sing the song, the closing song, We Have This Hope, think of the hope that Christ gives you on this Chinese New Year, the hope for a second chance and the hope to start anew all over again. Father in heaven, we are so thankful that you are a redeemer that came to save us, that in spite of all the mistakes that we have done, we have a second chance. And especially as we celebrate Chinese New Year and we reset that resolution button again, I pray, dear Father, that you help us in this coming week to make little decisions. Little decisions that help us to abide in you. Little decisions that help us to keep our eyes on you. And little decisions that is evident that we respect you. And I pray, dear Father, that as we make these little decisions, you promise to give us the hope in you and the courage to carry them out. So we pray, claiming this promise, that in you we have a second chance. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.